Welcome along to another episode of the Make Life Work podcast, the home edition with me, Cy Jobling. This series, I'm talking to people from around the tech scene about how they're coping through the COVID-19 lockdown and trying to find a balance with any work, side projects and personal demands. This week, I've invited along Alex Brooke for a little chat on how she's been getting on with the lockdown. Alex is a senior product designer at UK food delivery giant Deliveroo. I've mostly known Alex through Twitter, regularly comparing notes across the London tech scene, but also with a shared passion for beautiful design and public speaking. I've long admired Alex's work and openness about her own well-being, so I invited her along for a chat on the podcast, which she has thankfully accepted. Let's see how she really feels about it once we've got into it. How are you doing, Alex? I'm okay, thank you. Yeah, all good. Nice sunny day today, which is nice. Um, a bit warm, but yeah, does help. <laughs> does help. So where, whereabouts are you living at the moment? Without giving away too much detail. <laughs> um, yes, I'm in London at the moment. I've been back and forth like from Essex and London. I went to stay back in Essex for like the lockdown, but I've been in London um, since they kind of lifted the, the driving restrictions. So back here now, which is nice. <laughs> so your family are from Essex, I gather? Yes, yeah, they're from Essex, sort of countryside which is quite oh. a nice change from, from London sometimes, so go back a bit of fresh air. What do you, what do you prefer then? Because obviously you've got the mix of those different <laughs> lifestyles, it's, 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 you know, I, I live both, I know. Yeah, I like both, like that's, that's why I kind of originally wanted to like work in London, because I, I like the buzz of the city, but then I do like the countryside sometimes. So I quite like to be able to like go back and forth a little bit and not be in London for too long. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, city life gets a bit too hectic sometimes, I think. I think during this mode, it's nice to get away from it. But yeah. then you realise the benefits of being in a city in this mode as well, like deliveries, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing I missed when I was in Essex is like you can't get you can't get food delivery and you can't get not to plug the company I work for or anything, but you can't get a delivery and you can't get kind of food quickly, like where my parents live. So like you had to always plan like when you want to get like dinner or whatever. Whereas like here you can just order food straight away. I think that's my main thing. Everything else I can you can sort of get in Essex, like Amazon deliveries and stuff like that, but food, like you have to plan. Yeah. <laughs> And food's a big part of my life, so. <laughs> well, you, you made a point there, actually. You, can, you don't really want to plug you where you work, but you know this industry quite well. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Deliveroo? Yeah, um, so I'm a senior product designer at Deliveroo, and I work um, on kind of the restaurants and rider side of things. So obviously, it's okay. a three-sided marketplace, but I kind of focus on um, designing stuff for riders and restaurants. Um, but obviously, all, all three sides kind of like coincide a lot. So it's quite an interesting environment to sort of work with, really. Are they based in London as well? Yeah, um, so our offices are in London, but we've got offices kind of in other countries, and we we are we are an international company, but we're kind of like mainly based in in London. Okay, so you're like the hub of it, I guess, and then it'll kind of satellites now into other countries. Yeah. What, exactly. How do you find? I mean, just to kind of delve into the practicalities of what you do, you're a UX designer. Do you work within teams, or do you kind of work across teams? How does it sort of work for you? Um, so at the moment I'm sort of working across teams so I work within them for like short amounts of time within a project but then I'll sort of like shift around teams so um, sometimes I might be working on a project that's kind of focused on um, improving the experience for riders and sometimes I might be working on something helping restaurants so it's quite nice to be able to sort of like jump between them and sort of have a bit of a broad focus and kind of know know the scene quite well so um, yeah it's quite nice. 
Do you like the fact that you're not sat within a permanent team though? Because I know a lot of engineers do in a way. Yeah, I've worked that way before. Like I've worked both ways where I've either been embedded in a team the whole time and like not worked on anything else and just been so solely focused on that one thing. But then mm. some places I've worked, I've worked kind of more like this where I've kind of jumped around projects when needed. I, I do like both. Like sometimes I think it's nice to like be embedded in a team and really be able to sort of like be invested in that team permanently. And sometimes I do think it's nice, like I'm someone that likes to broaden my knowledge out quite a lot and kind of be able to help other people to sort of join the dots a bit. And I think if you're working across different teams, it's quite nice like to be able to be that person who joins the dots between other people's knowledge, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess in your sort of role, you're kind of, you've got this general view anyway. And then you yeah. kind of hone in into a specialism and kind of go, right, let's solve this problem using all these yeah. best practices you know of. Yeah, exactly. So I, get, I gather you, you're quite involved in like the style guides approach to development and, you know, style design systems. Yeah. Um, so we, we have a, we actually have a team that's sort of like dedicated to um, kind of improving their design system. Um, so we've got like a design ops team mm -hmm. and we work with them to make sure. So if we work, if I'm as a product designer, I'm working on a project and I need a new component. I'll design the component and then work with them to make sure, you know, it's not something that already exists and make sure that like it's something we could introduce and so on. So we, we sort of have this team that helps us to align all of our design components um, together, which is quite nice to have as a resource, I think, as a, a designer, because um, it's not your sole responsibility to sort of have to like try and group everyone together to make sure the components are coming together. I've I've had that at other places I've worked where I've sort of had to be the person to sort of try and get everyone to be consistent and so on. And it's quite nice to have someone sort of dedicated to that um, role to make sure everyone's designing in the right way and um, not introducing kind of inconsistencies to the library, et cetera. Yeah. I've, I've seen it personally in a few companies actually that, you know, yeah. it's very difficult to coordinate that yeah. piece, that design ops piece that you've got a team for. Very. Um but obviously you've got into a better place where you are now. It's not as difficult. Yeah, it's like I said, I've seen, I've seen it from both sides. So I think it's like quite nice to have that team there. But then equally, I have had to be that person before who's had to try and coordinate everyone as well as doing project work and, and stuff like that. So I think it, it, is, it is nice to kind of have a bit of experience on both sides, I think. So you sort of know what goes into it and you know sometimes mm. why. If you've designed something and you sort of agree okay maybe this component already exists in a similar form do we actually need to introduce a new component for this or can we just tweak the existing one a little bit um mm. so yeah it's quite nice to sort of have that um sole team to help us get it consistent i'll bet yeah so did you talk about previously as well where else have you worked doing your designy role <laughs> um quite a few places i was i was telling someone the other day and i was like i've actually worked more places than i sort of thought i had so i worked at um Barclays before Deliveroo for about a year um, and obviously that's a very big organization and um, quite a different way of working as a designer I would say mm. um, and then before that I worked at Debenhams for about three and a half years actually quite quite a long time um, so um, I kind of worked there initially as a UI designer and then started to move on and led like the UI design team and then moved on to lead the UX team for a little while um, and then before that I ran my own business for about a year freelancing and then before that I worked at a bunch of agencies so I've kind of worked across like a quite a broad spectrum of, of places now you are um, yeah so you started off working in agencies freelance for yourself for a while then went into the big places basically yeah yeah exactly that 
Wow. Yeah. So obviously in the agency life, how did you find that? Because I know a lot of people really find it difficult. Yeah, I, I, it's a very different way of working to working in-house because you obviously don't, like you work with a core team like most of the time, but then you're working with different clients all the time. So you're getting different client needs coming in and different personalities. And it's quite hard to sort of like find something that works, I found, for like every single client. Like you have to adjust your approach a lot. Whereas when you're working in-house, you sort of get to know the team a lot better. And, you know, you, you know the people and you can sort of adjust your design approach to suit the team as well as the needs of the business. So you kind of get to know it a lot better. Um, I You you work in-house, right? So you've probably found, found that as well. Yeah, I've always worked in-house. That's why I'm always curious how people find agency <laughs> life and freelance because it's, I've been tempted by freelancing, but mm. lacked the braveness, I think, of taking the plunge. Yeah, it was good. It was good fun freelancing for a year. Like I like to have the freedom of doing the, the project work that I really like felt like was adding some sort of value or I really enjoyed. But the thing I missed about it was like having a team around you all the time and like getting to know the people in that team. Because I think like for me, that's a big part of like work like I like to have friends at work and colleagues that I get on with mm. so freelancing for myself was a little bit at times it just felt a little bit like isolating almost even though I was working with people all the time you just weren't working with a consistent set of people it's difficult yeah I agree with you and I think that's what's also kept me in in-house for a lot of the time I like mm. bouncing ideas off people and validating things with people but I just yeah, like interacting same. as well I, like this you know <laughs> I, I can't stand living in isolation so long and i have noticed those people that are quite successful in freelancing tend to have like a partner in crime that they work with a lot Mm. all the time but a lot of the time so i think that helps but obviously you tried it and then went yeah debenham sounds quite nice (laughs) yeah at the time yeah (laughs) well i mean what what sort of stuff were you doing then because obviously that's the start of your career journey i guess to go into where you are now um yeah um i was doing a lot of um at the time well i sort of started off in the world of design more as like a front-end developer always like just doing html css and building kind of quite basic websites and on the side i sort of designed a little bit around that so my first job was more kind of like focused on doing a little bit of UI design but actually developing a bunch of stuff that either I designed or someone else had designed so and and that's where I started working with like different clients and started to get to see you know what clients were requesting and I sort of naturally started to do a little bit more design work around that as well so I think my my first job was like quite a nice way to get into it really because it just sort of like naturally made me start to learn how to design mm. um, and how to deal with clients and I learned a lot from the people I worked with in my first job um, and then my second job was again like agency based um, but we worked on a lot of like experiential campaigns and like bus stops and train stations and random things like that like that companies ran um, but we also did a lot of um, I don't know if you remember like the tabs that Facebook used to have that were like pages where companies used to run competitions yep um, and we used to design loads of those, right. um, which meant I had to work within a lot of like brand guidelines. And I started to talk to big brands about like, oh, can we use this as your guidelines? And can we change this? And so on. And I think that was like sort of like a nice early way into like design systems almost for me, like just to sort of start to see how brands articulated their guidelines and how they wanted you to use them in the pages. Like it just started me thinking about how you would, you know, start start to articulate those in a design mm. um, and that was before the days kind of where design systems were more you know well used and, mm. and so on 
Um, so I think it was quite a nice like way into that for me. So I, I sort of started a bit more in development and then UI design. And then as I worked at Debenhams, my role started to need more, you know, um, more other things come into it. And also when I freelanced, because I was a sole, like I was working on my own, um, I did kind of the full range of product design. So I did the um, designs and I d helped do the research and I worked with the engineers. So I started doing kind of the more broader spectrum design then. And then as I moved on to Debenhams, it sort of like continued. And then I've kind of gone into more of a sort of product designer from there, I guess. Nice. I mean, I like the fact you started coding a lot. Of that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember how to do it now. OK, so you've moved on from those days. You're like, yeah, I like the idea of this, but no, I need to move on. I, I, yeah, I do really like the coding side, but I don't think I'm patient enough for it. Like I can I can do it like every time I if I need to update my portfolio, mm. I coded it myself. So I have to remember how to code every time I do it. And the fact that I did start off that way, I think it does help when working with engineers as well, because obviously, you know, sort of the basics and kind of the principles that go into coding. Mm. So it helps a lot with conversations with engineers. So, um, yeah, I definitely don't code much anymore, but I know the principles still. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it gives you that empathetic bone as well to kind of understand how they might yeah. approach it. I'm like you. I, I used to code front end stuff all the time. Oh, nice. And then as I went into more leadership roles and sort of delivery side of things, I could I could sense the BS between the conversations. I can go, you could really glaze yeah. this, or you could just get something done. And they're like, I want I want to yeah. refactor the whole thing. No, no, no. You don't. It works. Yeah. We can hack away all the time. But I think it gives you that, yeah, it gives you that layer of understanding. I guess. Yeah, and I think sometimes like if there is something that genuinely like an engineer can't achieve in the deadline, it helps you like be able to empathize with that a bit more as well and come up with a solution together of something that might work. Whereas I think if I didn't have that understanding, it would make it a lot harder if an engineer was going to me, oh, this like this design is going to take me like three days to code. And I'd be like, why? Like, I don't understand. But I think having that background just helps you be able to empathize with them as well and be able to sort of work out, work through things together. I like how you, you mentioned that you come up with a solution together as well. I mean, that's the thing, that's definitely mm -hmm. a skill that is required in a lot of people who are just going, can't do it. Uh, I need yeah. more time. You know, come on, we haven't got time. It costs us money, this does. Yeah, exactly. So um, we talked a lot about your work and I'm mindful of time because we could be talking about this forever. Um, <laughs> what else do you do beyond like, you know, making websites? <laughs> um, so I obviously do that most of the time, but and at the moment there's not as much option to do other things. Uh, but I have been doing a lot of um, like baking. I'm quite an avid baker. Um, cool. In all the jobs I've worked in, I've generally become known as the person who bakes and brings cakes in all the time and gets requests for cake so I'm, I'm quite a um, avid baker um and aside from that like I like cycling um and things like that um okay. so I try and balance out the cake sometimes with going for a nice cycle <laughs> it, it's nice that you've got an opportunity to burn off all those calories yeah. like, well right now I need to do 35k yeah, to make exactly. use of that. How, how are you finding that in London though are you doing it are you managing to get out much around London for cycling or are you um not so much since this lockdown like before the lockdown I was doing more cycling around London I live in not such a busy part of London so it's quite nice to be able to go for a cycle like I can go along like near the Thames and stuff like that so it's quite nice um mm. and there's a lot of cycle paths like near me so I can sort of go out around those rather than having to go on all the busy roads um, but I do miss like being able to cycle on Essex roads I used to do a lot more like 
quiet countryside cycling which I really liked um but obviously that's a lot harder when you're in London <laughs> oh absolutely I've got a friend who lives in London as well and he he's loving the fact that the streets are so quiet and he'll, he'll yeah. go running like at the weekend around Westminster it's, it's absolutely eerily quiet but wonderful yeah for looks so nice I've, I've seen other people doing that as well I've not made it into central London since this but I've seen p- people like going into central London it, like you say it's just like ghost town and that must be so nice <laughs> in a way yeah but I think it sounds like you're being very a lot more sensible about this I, I don't want to go too contentious with the politics around this but it, it feels like you are being a bit more protective of yourself rather than just going whatever yeah well I've got asthma so I'm I'm not like I'm not really high risk but equally like I I know it affects the asthma like sufferers a bit more so I'm right. just sort of like I, I want to try and just be a little bit more careful and just stay in if I can but I found the time's gone really fast. It's a bit like Groundhog Day where the, the time just seems to fly by. <laughs> it is weird how fast these yeah these days are going. But I've realised I've been at home for 12 weeks this week. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> and I, I've never known anything like it. It's, it is strange. But luckily, having work, it helps find the weekends because a lot of people are really struggling to go, what day is Yeah. How are you finding that? Yeah, I think, like you say, I think if – if I didn't have work I think I would find it a lot harder to know like when the weekend is and like know like when to relax a little bit whereas obviously in the week you can sort of put your focus into doing your work and and so on and then you've got the weekend to rest like you would normally so I think it does give you a little bit more normality in this weird time mm. um, and I've just been feeling like I've been doing a lot more cooking in the evenings like in the time I'd normally be commuting I've been cooking like a, a nice meal um, so I think it's made me like do more things like that that I wouldn't normally do like normally I would go to work go to an exercise class travel home eat a quick dinner and then it's like the next day again before you know it so you don't really get much time to do stuff like that so now I've sort of been able to do a lot more cooking and baking and which is good in some ways but not good in other ways <laughs> well I feel like it's, it's mental well-being though isn't it that, I find the same it's been nice yeah. to be at home with my family around actually having dinner at dinner time yeah not exactly. at nine thirty or whatever exactly. time it is when you get home but also having the luxury of going, let's cook something rather than yeah. throw something together. Um, yeah. So there's definitely a fine balance. But yeah, I, I think we're all in this boat. Yeah. How about the, I mean, you mentioned like your, your well-being a little bit. And how have you been over the last kind of 12 weeks? Has there been any, any significant challenges you've had to work through? Um, so I've been okay. We've had a lot of various things going on work-wise and family-wise. Mm. We've had, um, we had unfortunately like a bereavement in the family um, from coronavirus, which really, really sucked. Um, yeah. but, but luckily I was at home at the time. And I think like you said, you, like you said just now, like kind of being around family, like that helped a lot. I think you had, we had a lot of time together that we wouldn't have normally have had mm. together in an instance like that. Like normally, like if a bereavement happened, like I might be in London and my family might be in Essex and I'd have to travel back, but I might only be able to go back for a few days or something. But I was around them like the whole time, which was horrible, but in some ways lovely to be able to spend that time with my family and sort of be able to go through it all together. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've, th- we've had a lot going on. Um, that's what I'll say um, in various in various ways. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing okay. I think, like I said, get getting through it like I think work helps a lot and having something consistent there to do helps a lot and having things like you enjoy outside of work and also not being too hard on yourself as well I found um I think sometimes it can be quite easy because you're going through all these things and I'm sure everyone's going through something or the other at the moment whether it's just like kind of struggling with being at home all the time or like not 
not seeing your friends that much and stuff like that or whether it's something like we've had like a family bereavement or something like that like everyone's got something like whether it's the same issue or not and I think it can be quite easy like some days you might have a really super productive day and you get loads done and then some days you might have a day where you kind of just feel like you can't get much done and I think I've found not beating yourself up on those days when that happens like is a big thing um, mm. and making sure you recognize that everyone is having days like that it's not just you sort of thing you're quite vocal about these things though aren't you generally <laughs> you don't hold back not in a bad way but you, you, you're pretty open if there's something that's pretty significant you're like you know what I'm going to voice this I think I feel like I need to get it off my chest and I, I don't it recently myself um we had family situation last week it wasn't as bad as what you've been through but yeah. it really threw me off for the rest of the day mm. and I, I couldn't concentrate I'll just went into video as we do every day zoom calls yeah endlessly all day so just sit there quietly this, this afternoon um but i found by outletting on twitter about it i got some yeah amazing responses and it really made me feel like actually people care Definitely. for one um and perspective everyone's got their own challenges at the moment yeah. so you know it could have been a lot worse let's say yeah um so yeah it sounds like you've been through the ropes a little bit but you're coping well yeah i think like you say, I think I, I think sometimes like I see a lot on social media, like especially when you go on Instagram and things like that, where people are always posting like the good sides of their life. And I've seen a lot of stuff being written about, you know, people like being unhappy because they think everyone else's lives are perfect through social media. So I, I do think it is quite important for certain things to sort of be be a little bit vocal about it if you can be and sort of show the fact that like like I say, a lot of people I've spoken to recently are going through something at the moment and not everyone might be so vocal about it. And I think sometimes it can make you feel like it is only you going through that thing when actually a lot of people are going through that thing. So I think at times it is quite important to be a little bit vocal about what's going on and sort of, so people, if they're going through that as well, they realise they're not the only ones going through that too. Uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, to be honest. I think you've got to be careful how much you put out there. Yeah. There is a sugar, natural sugar glaze of what people put out there naturally. Yeah. You know, it feels like, oh, just apply the filter to it. No one's going to notice this. It's all crap. But um, I'm actually reading a book at the moment called Logging Off. It's a bit of a trashy novel sort oh, of nice. thing. But it's the <laughs> idea that this chap is obsessed with the internet. He's online all the time with his phone, whatever it is. And then he, he really suffers. He has like almost a mini stroke. Like, oh, and it's God. Like, yeah. The doctors suggest you're online too much. This is bad mm. for your health. Turn mm. off. And it's yeah. going through the, the whole scenario of, yeah, not everyone's stories are great out there, by the way. And stop being so angry on the, on Twitter. And <laughs> Facebook is not great for everything. But um, I'm glad you find a balance. Do you find yeah. you have to give yourself some boundaries around this, though, to make it work? Yeah, I, I try not to share, like, super, super personal stuff. Like, share, share enough so that people get the gist of, you know, what's going on. But I, I don't, definitely don't share everything that's going on in my life still. Like, there's a lot of things that go in my life that I don't share still. Uh, but I think things like that, especially at the moment, like, I think sharing that, like, you know, if you've had a bereavement in the family or something happens job-wise or something like that, I think it is important to share so people are aware, you know, of the situation you're in um, and so on. Um, so, yeah, I try not to share too much because I'm quite aware of, you know, what's like that there are bad people out there as well and you probably shouldn't share everything um but i think yeah. certain things i'm happy to sort of share a little bit if i can it's good yeah. have you got anything that you're doing like little side projects to keep you happy at the moment what, what sort of fun things you got going on actually so i well i've been playing animal crossing a lot which i don't know if that counts as a side been. project but <laughs> <laughs> it's an interest right 
yeah it's technically a side project because you're building yeah. an island so yeah, you know <laughs> um but apart from that um i've been i've been doing a massive revamp of my um of my website um recently um so i've been having to like i think mentioned earlier i've been having to re-remember how to code um that's taken up a fair amount of my time um which is quite nice because i find like designing your own portfolio is quite a like challenge as a designer because you keep overthinking it and you keep mm -hmm. like wanting to redo it over and over again so i've had quite a lot of fun doing that um it's not finished yet but it's sort of making good progress and then i've started to think about um i don't know if you remember but i used to have a blog quite a long time ago where i used to post um some posts like it wasn't a big blog but i used to post um a fair bit about design right yeah um so i've been starting to think about creating some content um, to maybe be able to create a blog again in sort of the next few months. Um, so we'll see if I manage to Ooh. get enough together for that. But yeah, it's been sort of my little side project. Well, good you got nice, some nice little goals to aim for, really, and they're not strict. Yeah. It just gives gives you a nice, right, by the end of the summer, no. I want to have my blog up and running or whatever it might be. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Keeping your brain yeah, ticking exactly. over and uh, yeah. all of that. Yeah, I think it's nice to have something on the side, but I, I'm not generally a big side project person. Like, I do quite like to focus on my work and then try and have, like, time to myself outside of work as well. Um, but things like that, I try and sort of tick along in the background if I can. It's, it's a good balance, I think. Mm. You, I mean, you mentioned your gaming. Is there anything else you sort of do just for downtime to, to really ease your mental health down? Um, so, yeah, mainly uh, mainly Animal Crossing. It's good. <laughs> um, and um, baking, yeah. um, cooking, things like that. Um, and also, like I said, cycling. I've been doing a lot more indoor cycling since all of this. Not so much outdoor, but normally I would sort of go out on a cycle at a weekend or, or something like that. Not not too far, just sort of for a nice distance. Sure. Um, yeah, mainly things like that. No, normally I go to like exercise classes and stuff like that, which I find help a lot. Because if you start to get to know people in your exercise class and, and things like that, I think it's quite a nice way to sort of be able to socialize after work and so on mm. um and i've been doing a lot of zoom calls with friends um, doing quizzes and some random stuff like that which has been quite fun um even though you can't see each other are you finding that um are you because i yeah I've, I've, I've found it a bit difficult at times you're thinking I've, I've had enough of zoom calls this week i don't want another social one it's just time out now yeah how are you finding that i have found it a bit like i feel like you go a bit square-eyed some days um yeah like because like you like you we have a lot of video calls like I, I find myself on video calls probably for 80 90 percent of the day when I'm when I'm working um so to have to go and do that after work as well is quite like it's quite taxing on the old eyes <laughs> um yeah but I have found that it's quite nice as a way to obviously stay in touch with friends and not feel like you're sort of disconnected from people throughout all of this um I, yeah. I think we're quite lucky that we've got you know access to that and we're not in a time where we don't have you know video calling and so on because i imagine just being able to speak on the phone would make it a lot like a lot harder than it has been mm. but yeah like you say are your parents online as well are you able to video call them back in essex um yeah i've i managed well luckily i was there through most of lockdown so um until they yeah. released the driving restrictions um so i didn't need to like video call my mum or, or anything which was which was lovely um, but now obviously i'm not with them anymore um, I had to teach her how to do a WhatsApp video call and my mum's not the most tech savvy of people and she like picked it up and she saw that it said video call but she still put it to her ear anyway and I was like mum why can I only see your ear? 
Brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a bit of an adjustment, but yeah, I've managed to speak to her still on, on video. <laughs> At least you can keep in touch with with a face to face call as well. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Well, I mean, I can't believe that's already been half an hour. That's Crikey. amazingly quick. Um, <laughs> I can talk for too long. That, that's why. You talk is one of the world's worst. Um, is there anything yeah. you want to kind of impart to the audience and like, you know, how you're getting through and any pro tips maybe? Um, yeah, I think my main pro tip would be like what I touched on earlier of not being hard on yourself. Mm. I think that's been the main thing. Like for me, like when we've had days of going through rubbish stuff with family and so on, like, and you have a day where you really just don't feel, you know, like productive. I think just try not to be too hard on yourself and try to like ground yourself with what's going on. The fact that like you are working or going through whatever you're going through, like through a pandemic, mm. you're not like working from home in a normal scenario. Um, so I think like for me, that's like my main bit of wisdom and try to do things that you enjoy as well as much as you can. Ooh, like um, enjoy life as well. It's not all about work. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I think, yeah. Try to use it as a time to sort of like relax and like if you, if you are with family, like, like you said, like appreciate the fact that you've got this extra time with your family because soon enough, like mm. it, whether it's in the next month or two or whether it does end up being longer than that, like we're going to end up going back to normal at some point and everyone will be going, oh, I wish I could have spent more time with my family or speaking to my friends on calls and, you know, whatever. So I think trying to, in some weird way, appreciate that we have got some backwards, like, free time to appreciate the things around us at the moment, even though it might not seem like it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think family can get to you at some points, but they are there and they are our loved ones, you know. Yeah, That's yeah. Good. Exactly. I think, and just on, on your point about don't be too hard on yourself, I think just telling your people around you that mm. you are having a bad day. So don't expect yeah. miracles, you know. And people are relatable yeah. generally. There's probably a few people yeah. that are a little bit less relatable, but, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> you always get a few. Exactly. <laughs> well, like working in tech, yeah. we know of a few. Um, yeah. That's really good. Um, and thanks for coming along and talking to us about this stuff. That's all right. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch, how can they do that? Um, so I'm on Twitter, as um, you, you mentioned earlier, I'm a bit vocal about, well, when, when life was normal, I talked a lot about when trains were delayed and things like that, but now <laughs> that's not the case. And what Animal Crossing has. Yeah, and animal, oh yeah, I post a lot of Animal Crossing, um, and I that's do good. sometimes post some design stuff too. I'm trying to do more of that. <laughs> um, when, when it comes, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, when it comes. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter at Alex Brookie with a Y. Um, so yeah. Cool. Can follow me on there if you want and your website that you're working on Wait, what's that? what's your url for that um so that is alexi.me alexi.me um, alexi.me nice rhyme yeah every time i get asked Excellent. my email address in a shop they they think i'm giving them a fake email address when i say that's the end of it <laughs> so behind the time we've got these yeah. new tlds now come on yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm revamping it at the moment so it's not quite it's not quite perfect yet but so watch this space. Yeah. I mean, it looks quite good. I was looking at it this weekend. I like it. I like what we got there. I think the homepage is done. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming along, Alex. And <laughs> um, hopefully we'll catch up again another time soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me as well. well take care. You too. Thank you to everyone for listening. And especially Alex for joining me for this episode of the Make Life Work podcast. As Alex mentioned, you can find her as Alex Brookie. That's A-L-E-X-B-R-O-O-K-E-Y on the socials. Or even visit her website at alexy, A-L-A-E-X-Y.me. You can find all the details about this podcast and other episodes on sidejobling.com slash makelifework. 
or look for Make Life Work Pod on all the socials. We're also available in most of the popular podcast apps, so make sure you subscribe, give us a bit of a rating and a review so we know what you think of it. That's all from me this week. Join me next time when I'll be inviting along another guest to talk about balancing their work, life and side projects on the Make Life Work podcast. Thank you.